This is an Artist Journey podcast, the podcast for people thriving and creating as artists. I'm your host, Malcolm Dewey, and let's begin. Welcome to episode 39 of an Artist Journey podcast. I'm excited to have as a special guest today, John Bardos. John is joining us from Montreal in Canada, and he's going to be telling us more about his program called Bundles for Good. Bundles for Good is an amazing initiative that not only helps artists share their courses with the rest of the world, but a large portion of the proceeds of this project goes to support a worthwhile charity. John will be telling us more about his work and also his uh, philosophy of life which um, involves things like simplifying, traveling the world, and designing the ideal sort of lifestyle, one that is free from all the commercialism and materialism that uh, is not doing us much good these days. So without further ado, welcome, John. Thank you, Malcolm. It's great to be here. I really started looking at your uh, blog, John, and it was like a falling down the um, what's it the rabbit hole it was <laughs> so interesting and I was reading your story about uh, which is on your blog called uh, jetsetcitizen.com but before I ramble on too far about that John tell us a, a little bit about um, yourself and what you are getting up to at the moment and then if we can perhaps just dive into um, talking a bit about your uh, philosophy of um, travel and lifestyle design. All right. Well, right now, my main project is um, Bundles for Good, and I've been doing these since for since 2017. And um, the next one coming is the is the fourth Art Bundle for Good, which will be happening in... in um, November. And so basically what that is, is I bring together many art teachers and get them to contribute courses to create a massive bundle of art products to sell it for $97 for a, a five days only. It's a very short time to get this huge bundle of products. That's The last bundle had 100 products, about 80 or 85 were courses, I believe, and some ebooks and some other resources. But basically, it's it's a massive bundle of art resources at, um, at mm. almost like 98% off, I think it was the last time. So it's a great deal for people who purchase it because they get all these great artist courses at a substantial discount. We raise money for a charity. 25% of gross profits goes to a charity, and it's a great way to um, get some recognition and, and help promote a lot of the artists that are putting their courses out there and, and building an audience. So I think it's a win for everyone, I say. Yeah, absolutely. It's a fantastic uh, initiative, John. And um, I'm going to get into that in a little bit more detail, especially for how artists can get involved in there. If I can... Jump a little back in time and uh, around about 2009, just looking at your blog, you were living in, in Canada and uh, decided to make a big change. No, it, in 2009, I would have been in Japan, I think, at that time. Okay. In, in 90, I think I, le I left Canada in 97, I believe. 
what prompted that, John? What's what made you do that? I mean, it's just like I just always get this um kind of like this anxiety if like if I don't do what I want to do in my life now, then it's never going to happen because it's very easy to get caught up in a in a cycle of work and consume and you start, you build a, you get a nice apartment, then you buy a house and you get nice furniture and you buy a car and you get all these possessions that kind of hold you back. And so it's very easy to keep putting off things you want to do. And, and for me, um, Japan was always a, a major destination that I wanted to visit and live. I read about a lot about Japan in university and, and Japan's um, economy was very successful at the time and, and their business was were popular around the world like many japanese companies were buying big real estate in the u.s and things like that so japan was very at the top of my mind all the time so i i just basically decided one day it's like if i don't go to japan soon i'm never gonna go so basically i bought a ticket in that left in a week and i just went to japan without a job without um much money with without anything i just went and and just to just to experience it before i i lost the opportunity and you started a business in Japan? Yeah, I started teaching English and I taught in a variety of, of schools for about uh, two years, I guess. And then um, I started teaching my own classes. And if, and in about after about three years, I, I, we, I started my an English school with my new Japanese wife. Oh, fantastic. As I gather from your, your writing on your blog, the English school was doing pretty, pretty well and you were quite settled down and, and getting used to, well, we could just say a stable kind of lifestyle. Yes. Like, um, and, that, and that's where it's kind of started to scare us because it, what we were kind of getting into routine, like the first, I would say three or four years of building the business was very exciting because everything was new and, and things were growing and we're trying new things. And we were, I, w- I was developing an online learning platform to teach children English. And, and I was doing a lot of interesting and cool things but after like six or seven years it seemed like um it's the every week was the same as the last week and same as the last week and same as the last week and a lot of our time was just spent on on going to home centers and buying something new for the house or cleaning the car or shopping for new furniture or going to a different restaurant and it's like um Rather than experiencing things, we're just shopping all the time. And so we kind of just realized that we can't do this for the next 20 or 30 years, which would have been easy to do, of course. Mm. But um, it, it just like we, we just decided that we can't do that. We don't want – this is not the end of our life, and which, which – um, like for many people, I think it is because they, you just get – you get the golden handcuffs that hold you to a decent income. And you have all your material possessions that you want, so there's not really much reason to explore. But we wanted to see more of the world. We wanted to do more things. So we we kind of made a one-year plan to sell everything, including the school, including the house, or get our car and get rid of all our possessions and just go somewhere new and try new things, basically. To somebody who hasn't contemplated this, this would probably sound like a crazy thing to do and even reckless. But... Reading about your your story and and listening to you, I think your viewpoint is that if you stayed in the same place, that would be the reckless thing to do. Uh, yeah, it, like it's just that you get into. Uh, um, I, I I just see it with so many people. Like you, um, you you start eating too much, you drink too much, you don't exercise enough, you watch too much TV, mm. you buy too many things. It's just a lot of the things that we spend that's that's easy to spend our time on. 
is is really unproductive for our health and for our quality of living and for our social relationships. Everything that kind of we all say we value, it kind of a lot of our, our lifestyle kind of gets in the way. Like for example, like I have a four year old child now. Everyone I talk to wants says they want to spend more time with their kids, more time with their kids, but yet they 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 choose to live in the suburbs and commute to work for like two hours every day. And they take their child to the park and they're on their telephone instead of spending time with their children. And they have a giant screen TV at home and they're watching sports for three hours a night. And they say they want to spend time with their children. I think there's, um, people have different priorities. And and for us, like our priorities are, are, um, are like relationships and experiences first and everything else doesn't really matter in the end. Yeah, you put it so well, and it is, of course, ironic, isn't it? We we work so hard to uh, spend more time, quality time with our families, but of course, the system doesn't really allow that. If you take part in it, you've got to break out from that cycle. Yeah. So it was around about 2009, I think, now that you decided, okay, you're going to leave that. And it strikes me that around about that time was just when the world was plunging into the economic depression. That started, what, 2008, around about there. Even that timing-wise, it seemed like a risky thing to do. Um, I don't know if it was like... um, like economic shocks and things like that it's it's not like it was like in the in the 30s when 30 or 40 percent of the population is unemployed like like um japan the the example i always give is like japan has been stagnating for 30 some odd years and they had negative inflation and all these problems and people always say like how's the economy in japan what's going on in japan but but like japanese people have very good lives and they everyone saves a lot of money and and sure so people um if, if you lose your job and you're you're most affected, of course, like those people bear the brunt of the economic shocks. But we're talking about like a small minority of the population. And there's there's other things you can do. Like for me, like the worst case scenario is if I had to work in a convenience store or in a fast food restaurant or something like that, trying to raise a family. Obviously, that would be very difficult. But um, it would like, but it would still be a pos- a way to earn n- enough money to live and support my family for a short term until something came along. Right. So. Even the worst case scenario for most of us in developed countries is not starvation. It's 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 not risking our lives. So like the the level of risk that we face now is is um, nothing compared to, for example, what our grandparents went through. Like my my grandparents were homesteaders in Canada, and um, my my grandmother lived with uh, with eight sisters in a one room mud house that they had to build themselves with no running water, no electricity. So when you talk about risk, I like it's it's a different level, I think. So so um that I always have to put that in perspective because risk now is 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 what, what like going to a different country, what are you gonna risk? You you're not gonna find Starbucks fast enough or you can't get your McDonald's on the first day. You have to wait till the second day till you find where it where it is. It's like um the risks we face now are not that that arduous. Yeah, that that's an extremely interesting point because it seems to me that despite the world having so much abundance, a lot more opportunities to create a lifestyle, create an income, um, there still seems to be that sort of latent fear holding people back a lot more today than perhaps it did, as you say, for your grandparents who kind of knew that they just had to get on with it and make a living any way they could. Um, but today, we seem to be beset with message of 
you can't take risks. You've got to be careful. You've got to take insurance. You've got to get a secure job, etc. Um, actually keeping people trapped. It's, it's a strange situation. Well, I think like I think a big problem is like the paradox of choice we all have. We all have basically mm. infinite choices to do whatever we want. And so when you're faced with a whole bookshelf of what next project to do in your life, it's easy to become overwhelmed and not choose anything just because it's too hard to choose. And, and you always feel you're going to be get, missing out on something if you make the wrong choice. And so... Mm. And and I, I suffer from that too. I'm not saying I, I figured it all out, but uh, but at the same time, you just like you have to try things, and if it works, it works. And sometimes, like um, just getting rid of your your um, your old lifestyle and moving to a new destination, and getting rid of your job, and so you're forced to look at new opportunities and things. Just like some of that, that is ne- sometimes maybe it's necessary just to kind of force you to kind of take the next step in your life because it's very easy not to do anything if you do, and just live tomorrow just like you did today and live the next day like you lived the the previous day and if you do that your whole life is gone we only have one life on this planet so it's it's good to try to take advantage as much as we can i think yeah absolutely um one of the things that you do emphasize is trying to get more freedom freedom to make your own choices earn your own income experiences freedom to meet people etc but i also take away from a lot of what you're saying on your blog is that hard work doesn't mean you don't get to have freedom. So you, you're still working quite hard at, at whatever you've chosen to do to make a living. It doesn't mean sitting back and just waiting to attract everything. <laughs> right. There's Yeah, the, I don't believe any kind of... Um law of attraction if you just have the right thoughts you're going to have all the money in the world's mm-hmm. going to start pouring on your on your doorstep you have to definitely work and and the the flip side of all of this is that the world is more competitive than ever you're not just competing with the the business three doors down from you you're competing with every everyone with an internet connection and a computer all around the world so it's um if you have to build good relationships and you have to do good work and you have to um have a compelling story even you have to and you have to try to just um be in the game and keep playing it and playing it and playing it until you kind of build some trust and and get an audience and and, um can accomplish something like um blogging for me like i i don't blog very much anymore i I would like to uh, to revive that website and put it under a different Mm. domain i'm in the process of that right now but it's just like it's um blogging for instance is something i enjoy but it's it's not something that makes any money and so I don't want to be pushing like um, courses and, and um, make money, get rich online and, and say, tell everybody how easy it is just to try to make money from them because it's not easy. It, it does take work. But at the same time, there's there's uh, if you stop spending and st- if you cut out the mortgage and you cut out the, the car payments and you cut out all the furniture and all the home appliances you buy and don't use, it frees up a lot of, of income and time as well too to work on these projects and, and do other things. And so probably like my my wife and I can live on half of what a normal person would in our situation in my home city or in Canada right now so it's um we definitely keep our our costs much lower because there's not really anything for us to buy yeah exactly it's uh, a lot of old world common sense as to i think kind of come back into living today and we'll find that we can actually have everything we need but it doesn't have to be all the latest technology and and high-end and expensive things things that actually end up 
possessing you instead of the other way around. You've referred to lifestyle by design, um, and it's a, a phrase or a description which may be a bit vague to a lot of people. But uh, just listening to your last answer, when you're talking about designing a lifestyle, it's it's not simply about technology and uh, a, a modern type of lifestyle. It's also old-fashioned values, spending time on quality things instead of uh, mod cons that are just robbing us of time and, and money. Yes, that's exactly right. Like for me, like like I mentioned that I have a four-year-old child right now, and so the, like the first when he's older, he's not going to want to spend too much time with his parents. But right now, every second that we can spend with them is is extremely important. So um, that that takes precedence over everything. If I like, I I can spend virtually every day. I spend three or four hours a day with him in the park and playing with him and doing different activities. And I don't think many fathers can say that that that. And so for me, that's priceless. Like I will never get this time back with him. And when he's like 14 years old and, and is listening to his headphones and doesn't want to talk to, to dad anymore, I can, I can, I know that I did everything I can and spent every second with him. And so that's what is valuable to me. It's like meeting people, inviting people over for dinner and not just having like a quick dinner. Oh, I got to go and got to pick up the kids. I got to go shopping. I got to clean the garage tomorrow. It's like, no, you just like have a, a sit down dinner and talk for four or five hours with no rush to get somewhere. It's like such a rare thing. It seems nowadays that, um, those are the precious moments that we're trying to, to maximize, not how big our TV is or not how nice our car is or how big our house is or mm. how nice our patio set is all that things. None of that stuff matters. And you're talking about children. I've also got a family with a few youngsters left going through the teenage years. And, one of the constant criticisms one hears a lot of these days is that children uh, from an early age, they've got the latest smartphones, they've got the laptops, they've got all of that stuff, and they're growing up with this culture of entitlement. I, I know it's a generalization, but it, it's kind of, it's almost like we adults have given up <laughs> and, and we're just saying, right, just Get yes the latest toy now. Stop nagging me, and uh, instead of putting that stuff aside and trying to teach them um, other values. Yeah, I think I agree. Like, um, I, I'm not anti-technology. I like. I, I think like the internet mm. is opening up a world of of opportunity and learning and and music, and it's just like it's 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 opened up a whole level of abundance that I like. I'm just I'm extremely grateful for. But at the same time, when I see my son, like. Um, he he just he wants to play with people like he always like let's do this let's make this let's go to the park let's do this like um he will he, we, he has a tablet that he likes to watch as well too but that's like if if he has nothing else to do if we're not taking him somewhere if we're not building something if we're not drawing or painting or something that is like the default it says okay if you're not going to do anything with me I'm going to go watch my tablet he kind of that's his his um his fallback now. So it's like, I think kids want to be outside. They want like, he can go and play in a sandbox for three or four hours and, and just with a stick and a rock, basically, he doesn't need expensive mm. toys. He, he just loves just to, just to experiment and play and put water in the sand and move things around. It's like, it's like in Montreal, we're in Montreal right now and they have great, great parks in this city. So we just go to different parks every day and, and he'll, he's, it's very difficult to get him out of the park sometimes actually, because he'll stay there for three or four hours. No problem. 
It's, I guess, all about getting a balance and, and leading by example, showing children to live a balanced life and a healthy lifestyle. John, one of the other, th- I think, cornerstones of your philosophy is trying to make a difference in the world as well. And one of the things that I see that you're really involved in quite extensively is contributing to charity. And perhaps we can have a look at that now a, a little closer. Beneficiaries from your Bundles for Good program are a number of charities. Um, can you tell us a bit about your involvement with these charities? Well, it's basically, it's the, the first one was um, I was looking for an art-based charity. And so it was, it was funny because I got emailed like 25 different charities and say, hey, I'm raising money. I'm going to do this art project and I'd like to find a charity to um, donate the money for. And, you know, I, out of 25 charities I contacted, only two bothered replying. And, and one of them was saying things like, um, oh, I need to talk to my board and get permission and all this stuff. And so they just make, made it so difficult for themselves to kind of get donations. So it's, it was a little bit of a frustrating experience. So the only one that said yes is the one that I gave the money to, for, which was Free Arts in, in California. And so for, for the next um, charity is like I, I volunteered with a, a charity that was from a friend of a friend of a friend basically in Bangkok. And I kind of was able to visit and see the work they do and, um, and the, the impact they're making because they're helping a lot of the um, refugees in Bangkok, which are the poorest of the poor. These are people that are like living on, uh, on literally like $100, $200 a month for an entire family. They're in like massive housing complexes basically with like 10 families and um they're working all illegally basically often and so they they can't accept even in a regular salary in in thailand is extremely low but if you're working in the black market it's it's even lower so it's um they're the most disadvantaged uh, and especially the girls because they are they're often put into the sex trade and and it's in it's very very horrific circumstances there so um that's the so I the, recently I've been all focused all my energy on, on on supporting that charity which is Courageous Kitchen in Bangkok if you if you have a chance to support they do um, food tours and cooking classes to help raise money so basically they fund all their their admin expenses internally and so any money we donate they it's basically a cash dipping for for all the families they help so it's it's a very very efficient way to to help people because there's no middleman and there's no marketing expense no admin expense that's taken out of that money it's it's getting given to people who need help that's it really it just sounds incredible um courageouskitchens.org i think is the website so the, anyone that is right can look it up and I, I spend a bit of time on it again having a look at it and there's a heck of a lot of information there about the work they're doing and cooking and all sorts of shows they, they put on. It, it looks an extremely well-run operation. You're giving away about 25% of all profits from uh, Bundles for Good to these charities, quite a high percentage. Yeah, I think so. Like some people say it's not enough and other people com- complain, but I, I think um, it's like th- that's gross profits too. So like all my expenses and everything, the people I hire come out of the remaining 75%. Which is um, so like okay. basically before I pay anything and before all my expenses and all that stuff that that's coming out. So I hope that's a, a, a high percentage. I would even like to get it higher, but it's just like the, the company is not making much money right now to do that yet. But I'm hoping to get it up higher in the future. 
Um, John, why did you choose arts as your vehicle? Honestly, the first one is because I have um, I, I had a lot of friends that are in that are that have art related businesses or teaching art courses and things, and so I just thought I, actually I thought the art bundle would, would wouldn't be so successful, and I just thought it would um, I would do that as one of the first ones just to kind of get experience doing doing um, these bundles. But actually, it turned out to be um, one of the better ones. So it's, it's um, yeah, just because I had friends in the industry doing these kind of businesses. And so I had some initial support for the first bundle, which was very good. How do artists get involved with this project? Well, um, if anyone wants to contact me to contribute a course, they can contact me at, at john at darebigdogood.com, darebigdogood.com. And um, basically, but I do, I do a massive outreach for every bundle. So basically... If you're teaching art courses online, there's probably a good chance I, I have emailed you or will email you if you check your email. I'm guessing because I, I email, like um I'm just in the outreach stage again for the for the fourth art bundle for good coming up in November. So I'll be I'll be emailing probably over well over a thousand people. So um if you're an artist online with a visible presence, probably I'm contacting you. But if I don't happen to get in touch with you, you can you can email me directly. I'd love to have more contributors of course they can contribute you mentioned courses uh if they got books as well yes it's pretty it's pretty open it's just i, I just ask that it's a substantial resources that that um that would be a valuable to to someone interested in learning about art or learning how to do a specific type of art or even a craft related like um there's like uh like brush lettering calligraphy maybe paper cutting. There's a lot of different things that are fall under the art umbrella, I guess. So it's pretty open-ended. Like I think the more, the merrier, I guess. So I'm, I don't restrict too much, but um, yeah, anyone with, with any type of art course, courses are better because courses are much more popular than eBooks for, for learning online. So I, I, I definitely skew towards the courses, but if they only have an eBook, that's fine as well too. Um, John, how many artists have you had involved in the past? Uh, the, the last one was about, I think we, we had 66 artists in the last bundle, but altogether, I, I'm, we must be over a hundred, I'm guessing. Some don't mm. do it every year because, because basically they just run out of courses to contribute, but, um, or, uh, well over a hundred so far, I think. You know, the truth is it's also beneficial to the artists as well. Um, perhaps reaching a few new audiences as well. Uh, so on both sides, it is beneficial Okay, now your next bundle's coming out in November. So artists can start contacting you right away? Yes, they can. I will be doing like, I'm in the process of, of starting the outreach now, so I'll be sending out emails in the next couple of weeks. But um, yes, if anybody wants to get a hold of me, please, yeah, John, J-O-H-N at darebigdogood.com. And just, um, and just okay. if, you, if you want more information, I can send you more information. No, that's great. I'll be putting your contact details on a blog post as well. So anyone who just wants to check that can also find it through the blog. And even if you haven't created a course before, it's that's fine too. Like I'm encouraging people to um, create courses and do stuff. I know it's hard to um, to create a course if you don't have an audience or, or or it's your first course and you're not sure if it's if you're good enough to teach. There's a lot of reasons that we all have for hesitating and procrastinating on doing these kind of things. But I hope to encourage more people to, to um, publish their classes. The best way to learn is to teach, they always say. So it's if, um, and it's a great way to, and the art bundles are a great way to massively expand your audience. If you, if you resonate with people, if you, um, 
have a certain type of personality that that you'll find a, a segment of the art audience that will I'm sure will love your classes. So so even if you've never taught before, yeah, please give it a try. Like you have nothing to lose. Well, that's a great point, John, because anyone who's looking to start their course, they've got a few months to put it together and then uh, you can help promote it for them. So that's a good thing. Yeah, it's a good jumpstart. Trying to trying to sell a course to zero audiences is um, can can be a little demotivating. I think I've know I've done many of those things myself. So, but this is a good jumpstart if if they want to get started. So, John, um, you're in Montreal at the moment. I think you mentioned to me that uh, you've got plans to keep traveling. Yes, um, like my my wife is Japanese, so we like to visit Japan every year to visit family there. But our, our actually our favorite place in the world is Chiang Mai, Thailand, which is if if you're in the lifestyle design or digital nomad communities, you'll probably hear that as a major hub because it's tens of thousands of of travelers and and digital nomads and artists and and um, spiritual types like doing yoga and vegetarians and things will. Go through Chiang Mai is just such a hub for um, from people all around the world. So there's so much it's it, there's so much culture there. It's really really hard to describe, and so that that is our favorite place. We'll be back there this winter again. That's great. Uh, I'll have to have have to have a look at going to see some of these places myself. It sounds like you've got the ideal uh, lifestyle worked out, and you've you've gone through a lot of. Um, trial and error, I'm sure. Um, what would you, if you're talking to somebody, a young person, um, giving them some uh, a few tips, what, what would you say is the fundamental, most important things they need to keep in mind when considering leaving their job and seeing the world from from your experience? Um, well, I would say like... Um Obviously, you need an income, so like focus on on having enough savings and, and enough runway mm. to kind of fund the next stage. But there are opportunities if you focus, and um and and I would suggest trying to do something that's aimed at at creating an income for you as fast. You don't need a you don't need much income if you're living in like Thailand or Vietnam or or um, Malaysia or even Eastern Europe, many countries like that, you don't need much income. So you can, you could probably live on like $1,500 a month or something like that, um, US dollars easily. And so um, make sure you don't just quit with no money in the bank and then, and, and then are starving three months later and you're desperate to find work. Make sure you have some savings or, or the best thing to do is actually um, try to continue working with your previous employer if you can online or Remote. There's many, many remote remote jobs. Get a get a remote job or, or teach English abroad. That's what how I started. I thought that was a great way to see the world. And so, um, focus on on income. That's I think a lot of people make the mistake that so they quit everything and then they go abroad and then for six months they have a great time, but then they run out of money and then they they have to go back. If you do that, that's that can be a, a kind of a scary experience. So make sure you have enough runway to get you through some of the some of the down months when you're not earning an income from your new idea. But, and then the second thing is just to focus and, and do something and create stuff. You can always say like, Oh, I'll start a po- podcast next year. I'll start a blog next year. I'll start my business. And after I get to this stage or after I settle down or after I get married or after I have a kid and, and people will say that their entire lives. So the people that succeed are the ones that are always doing things and always trying things and always making new things. So I think that's the number yeah. one thing is just always be creating, always be doing. One of your 
quotes from one of your blog articles. I wrote it down here and it said, uh, focused effort on high return work. And I think that if you, if you just can distinguish between what is going to give you a return on your work and what is going to be wasting your time and money, just knowing the difference is already a valuable step. Like, like a, a great example is like a, for, for even for in my situation too, like I, when I started blogging like some, I don't know how many years ago, maybe like, like a, probably a good 10 years ago, maybe 11 years ago, even on that Jet Set Citizen site, it's, um, I just wrote about whatever I felt like. And that's interesting for me, but there's no business direction there. There's no, um, so it's a lot of that. It's like it, that basically that meant like thousands of hours of time invested with a a return of probably like about 25 cents an hour or something if you have to factor in the, the kind of money I earned off that website. It's almost nothing, basically. So I would suggest rather than um, many people want to start a travel blog so they can travel full time, but the likelihood of you making money from a travel blog is very low unless you're very good at it and, and can stick with it for years and you sell a lot of ads and, and um, sell a lot of guest posts. And so it's a tough slog. So I, I would say get really, really focused and just solve someone's problem. Do something for someone. Like if you want to, like, like if you want to teaching an art class is a great example. If you get like become an expert in, in like, um, paper cutting or, or some type of art that doesn't seem to be, um, well, um, well covered in, in, on the art mm -hmm. sites and you just do something and become known for that. You're going to build an audience or even something smaller, like building web designing WordPress websites or, or, um, coaching artists or, or something along those lines if you, if you can get really focused and and um connect with those people and actually sell something that that they want and helps them grow their business or grow their improve their life that is the best thing just doing everything and experimenting here and there for many years that is not a good direction to go you know even if you have a trade or some some experience at some sort of trade you can make some money. You can immediately, as you say, solve a problem for somebody. It doesn't mean you're giving up on the dream. Um, it gives you choices. Yes, yes. Like, and if you're, even if if you like, you can still work from from wherever you you are. Like, you can go to to Berlin and um, rent a small little Airbnb and still still serve your clients and still be traveling and still be experiencing different things. You still, you have a whole day and you just, if you, if you do four or six hours of work and then you can go live in the, in a different culture for the rest of the time, you still get all the benefits and you're, you're working on, on creating something and creating value for, for people. So it's, it's um, starting with something that's a little more solid and, and rather than just quitting everything to go travel the world and, and discover yourself is, is uh, a better choice, I think. John, it's quite refreshing to hear somebody speaking the truth <laughs> about mm -hmm. the subject because uh, wherever you turn, you are, you're getting a, I call it sort of the Instagram view of life. <laughs> but in reality, there's a lot of, uh, there's a lot of hard work, there's planning, there's, and then, getting the courage to to actually do that and make make the first step um, not easy but in the long run well worth it 
Well, it's yeah. it's not easy, and it'll probably never be easy. But what's the alternative? Is is to um put your life yeah. on hold until when? Like, there's so many people that I've known that like die early. They get cancer. They get into a car accident, and all these dreams they had for after when they retire and they're too old to do anything. Anyways, they're um they they don't even get to that stage. It's like it's it's like if you're not living now, then when? It's it's a it's a choice you have to make. Yeah, ex- exactly. And just a, a final point you mentioned taking care of your health, um, such an important uh, thing to do. And uh, one would think in this day and age that uh, people are doing that more and more. But, you know, the the lifestyle choice of binge-watching TV shows or eating badly, not exercising, not getting into the fresh air and not moving around, all of that is is creating a real problem, a real health problem all over the world. So if you take care of your health as well, mental and physical, it's going to give you a better lifestyle. Yeah, like I agree. I like a lot of people ask me like, um, what's my philosophy for all this and what do you need to be happy and, and, and what do you need? Like, and, and I, and I say like the foundation is like, first is health without health. Like, like for example, if you get a, a minor toothache or you hurt your ankle, twist your ankle or something, you, you, you kind of realize how dependent you are on your health. And so even if, if a tiny thing like a toothache can take you out for a week or so, imagine if something more serious like diabetes or cancer or all these other issues that could happen, heart disease and all these things, so like it's it's kind of silly to be stuffing yourself with garbage and not exercising. It doesn't take much effort just to kind of move and walk and and um eat fruits and vegetables. So I'm not always 100% good on that, but um but um I have a wife that helps me. And so it's just it's yeah, it's like health is the first foundation. And then after that, the next one is relationships. Like we everybody talks about like relationships are so important to life. They they couples live longer if, if they're if they're um if if both spouses are alive and um, people are happier and, and they need less money and, and there are so many things so like just cultivate relationships and spend time with the people you care about and then in, and yes money is important but it's a, it's most people need much much less than than um they make so i like i have a lot of peers where both the husband and wife are both have high-end jobs that they hate and they're making tons of money and they're able to buy lots of stuff and go on on super expensive five-day all-inclusive resort vacations. But um, th- they're not happy. And ultimately, like, like I always say, like my, well, like, my whole family can live on half of one of your salaries. Like, you don't need to work that if you don't want to. But they, they just don't see it as an option. Like, they're so caught up in their careers and their status that, that giving that up is just – it's it's unfathomable to them. So, um. I don't know how to explain that to people, but it's just it's just like priorities. I prioritize time with my child more than anything else, and so that's where I spend my effort. Yeah, yeah so true. Uh, I think one of the biggest lessons I learned about money matters was that no matter how much money you're earning, your lifestyle generally is just going to shift up a few notches, and you're still going to come out short at the end of the month. And then get trapped into that. You need a paycheck just to survive. And no matter what size paycheck it is, it's always going to be just enough or maybe too little. And you're in the trap. Yeah, like if you're a single mother and you're working two minimum wage jobs to try to pay your 
to put food on the table for your children. Well, that, that's all the power to you. I, obviously, you're not going to be quitting your work to go travel the world and do things like like some people are in dire circumstances so i don't want to minimize their suffering but at the same time there's so many people i see that are that are buying like fancy motorcycles and and um summer cottages and and upgrading their house and renovating their kitchen and buying another new car and 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 um they're not doing that for their children they're not doing that for um they're probably not even doing that for themselves it's, it's it's so much like status and keeping up with their neighbors and and um it's just it's none of that stuff is making them happy it's just they're spending all their time shopping online to buy the next thing john i, I could talk to you probably for another hour on this but i'm i'm not going to do that because i know you got things to do and i just want to say thanks so much for taking time out to chat to me I wish you great success with the next Bundles for Goods uh, project coming out in November. I hope uh, there are many artists listening that join in and it makes it the most successful one you've had to date. So uh, I, I wish you a lot of good luck with that. Oh, thank you very much. Um, John, keep well and enjoy your next trip. Think of all of us out there working. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think, I think you have it figured out too. It took me a little while longer to, to make the, the jump, but I did. And uh, now I look back and think, why didn't I do it sooner? Yeah. <laughs> it's typical. <laughs> but anyway, um, at, least, uh, at least I did the... I did make the jump into full-time art, and and uh, if you do it right, it will work. And just just go for it, John. Um, have a great day and uh, a good time, and we'll be in touch. And uh, we will try and help you get more artists onto your uh, bundles for good project as well. So fantastic! Um, I hope it goes really well. Thank you very much, Malcolm. I appreciate talking to you today. It was, it was, it was a good conversation. I want to thank John Bardos for joining me on the podcast today. A really fascinating man and doing a lot of good in the world as well. If you're an artist and interested in sharing your course with the project, please contact John at art.bundlesforgood.com or visit my website at malcolmdeweyfineart.com. Look for the blog article on Bundles for Good. And he is starting to look for new courses and materials to add to the next bundle, which will be launched in November 2019. So get hold of John right now. Get your course into the program and get a lot of exposure and help John do uh, more good for his uh, charity as well. And if you want to look up more about the charity that John is supporting, look up uh, courageouskitchens.org and find out more about the charity there. So I want to wish John all the best with his uh, launch of the next art bundle and I hope that it is the best yet. Now, if you are an artist and you haven't launched any courses or you're thinking about starting a course, pop over to my website, look up the resources page. I've got a lot of information there which will help uh, you start your new course. Also, what platform to use and things like that. So I encourage you to get started with that right away. 
get your stuff published and maybe you'll be in time to also join the Bundles for Good launch in November 2019. Thanks for joining me on the podcast today. Please uh, share it out and try and get the word out to help John with his project as well. Make sure to subscribe. We will have the next podcast episode coming to you soon. Cheers for now. Mm